0: Welcome to the Voices of Young People podcast, brought to you by Springtide Research Institute. In each episode, we hear directly from young people as they respond to our research and share about the issues impacting their lives. As sociologists and researchers, we see a new story unfolding for young people, one that moves beyond traditional institutional boundaries and requires careful attention to the inner and outer lives of emerging generations. At the intersection of being and becoming, it's the Voices of Young People.
1: Hello there, this is season four of the Voices of Young People podcast. I'm Marta Abawaji, head of community engagement at Springtide. And one of the most fun parts of my job is getting to produce this podcast and listen directly to the young people who are generous enough to share their stories and perspectives with us. This season is coinciding with our brand new report Work, Life, Helping Gen Z Flourish and Find Balance. You can find that on our website, springtideresearch.org. You can find it on Amazon. And we are going to give you not just a conversation in each episode. We also have a tip for you at the end Um, So make sure you keep listening. Today you'll hear from Abby. She's one of our Springtide ambassadors. She's a high school student who is looking at what next steps she might take because she's about to graduate and could go a few different directions in terms of what she might study and what school she might attend. So she shares which adults are helping her navigate some of these decisions. She also shares work experience, even from her high school years, um, and and recommendations she has for what supervisors could do better to be more attentive to some of the real needs facing young people, facing adults as well, for that matter. So I know you'll take a lot from this conversation and then keep on listening for that tip that comes from our work-life research that our executive director, Dr. Josh Packard, we'll share with you following the conversation with Abby.
2: Hi, my name's Abby Miserandino. I'm 17 years old. I'm from Louisiana and I'm a senior in high school where I'm currently the student body president. Uh, I use she, her pronouns, and I plan on majoring in political science or psychology or do something that involves law. I'm still figuring that out, of course. But yeah, uh, one of my biggest passions is singing and acting. And I'm very excited to be here. Fantastic, Abby. I love, I love that you are at such an important
3: precipice. There's lots of pressure, I know, in those final months of your senior year, where everyone's asking you, "Where are you going to school? What are you studying?" And so, right. good for you that you're like, "Hey, I have some options. I'm still figuring it out." But um, you've given us a little bit of a sense with what you're interested in. But I'm wondering. Um, yeah, what sort of work do you hope to engage in the future?
2: I think about it all the time. Over the course of my years in high school, I started off wanting to be a dermatologist and then wanting to be a lawyer and then wanting to be like a psychologist or a psychiatrist and you know, I can't help but to be driven by money. That's something that I need to work on because it doesn't matter how much money I make, I do need to be happy with my career. So, I'm still thinking of what I want to do, what I'm passionate about. I think being a lawyer makes the most sense for me right now, but I'm you know I'm apt to change that of course. I still have time to switch my majors. I haven't even committed to a college yet, but I think uh, I think I definitely want to do something with like political science or law. just I don't know something that I'm passionate about for sure.
3: That's great. That's great. and I appreciate the ways you're allowing yourself flexibility to still, evolve and change while holding certain interests um, at the top of your mind so when you think about an ideal workplace setting um, whether that is a political space a legal space i'm wondering just that the environment itself what sort of characteristics would make that an ideal setting for you
2: i definitely want to work in an environment that's not very hostile um, and I want to say not very competitive, but I, mm. I know that competition is not a bad thing. Sometimes, uh, I want to work in an environment that's welcoming, that there's no drama. I mean, that's pretty. It's kind of a given, but it's also important to say, like, I don't want to go to work and I don't want to hear about like the latest drama. Like, I want to be somewhere where my voice is heard and my opinion is valued, and I have the ability to make mistakes and grow for that, grow from them. And uh, yeah. Oh, those
3: our- are. Those are key themes, actually, that we've heard from young people that they really desire um, in workplace settings as well. So that, yeah, that definitely lines up with multiple findings in work life. Um, One being just that our study reveals that a high number of young people really want work that aligns with their overall purpose or mission in life. So, um, yeah, can you speak to that? What sort of expectations or hopes do you have for finding meaning in a work setting?
2: Well, I think my purpose in life is definitely to help others. That's something that I hold close to my heart. It's very important to me to, to use my talents and my gifts to help others. And that can be applied to whether I'm a lawyer or if I'm a psychiatrist I know that in any sort of work that I pursue, I will definitely be helping people. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing yet, like I said, but I, I do know that whatever I'm doing, I will be helping people because that's very important to me. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: absolutely a way of finding meaning and knowing that that could take a lot of different shapes. Um, but helping people sounds like a driving purpose, um, no yes. matter what sector or setting you find yourself in.
1: Uh, we, and
2: also, yeah. i say also like giving back to my family. Like I said, I'm I'm not trying to be driven by money, but like I guess kind of I, I am and that's okay to a uh to a certain extent. I definitely want to be able to make enough money to where I'm comfortable, my family's comfortable, and then give back to my parents for everything they've done for me with my education and you know, make sure my family's comfortable. That's very important to me as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important for young people, young women to be able to say, salary still matters to me. Like, right. um, I want a career with meaning, but there's also a financial um, expectation as well. I think that's important feedback to have. Um, and the fact that you already have the, the outlook that you want your finances to go towards other people to contribute to your family life as well is is significant. I don't know how many 17-year-olds are already um, that forward-thinking. So so kudos on that. Thank you. Um, absolutely. We, we also heard in our quantitative um, research for work-life that a lot of young people want a boss or a manager who cares for them as a person, um, not just the organization or the company they're working for but that a specific person who is supervising them is demonstrating care in a particular way. So I'm wondering what are some ways that um, you think a supervisor might show you that you're important for who you are beyond just what you've produced as an employee?
2: Well, I haven't had much work experience. I worked at an ice cream place and I didn't have a great relationship with my boss. I was 16 at the time or 15, no, I was 16. But, um, and I know that there's a huge difference between like my occupation and 10 years to working at an ice cream place in high school. But even then, like I wanted my boss to care. There were days where I felt like I couldn't come in cause I was having really, like, I was just doing bad mentally. I was crying and I was having bad anxiety. And maybe I needed someone to take a shift for me and I would do the same for them. But he just wasn't very nice about it. And I understand, like when you work for a big company like that, it it's it's more like I understand, like I guess I can understand like he's a businessman. Like I, I don't know how to explain it, but I know that when it comes to like the shop and then the money, I his workers are needed and we can deal with that later, like after you get off your shift. I understand that. But I I would hope that in the future that my boss or my supervisor would care about me. You know, if I'm doing bad mentally, I feel like, I feel like people tend to, to overlook mental health as well. I mean, over uh physical health, you know, my leg may not be broken, but I've been having panic attacks all day. And I, I know that maybe like one doesn't seem as extreme as the other, but to some people like it, it's very hard. And I think that, um I just I just feel like injuries aren't the only excuse for not coming into work. Some people just need a day off. And that's very important. I would hope my boss in the future would understand that mental health is important.
3: Yes. The mental health day. Some people even referred to that as like, I don't have a doctor appointment, but I still need this this day to decompress in some way. Or maybe they're meeting with a therapist. Or yeah, or maybe they, yeah, maybe they have an appointment, an actual appointment related to mental health. Um, or some days they just need that extra space. So a boss who I hear you acknowledging like that that supervisor had certain demands of them that you know they had certain mm-hmm. um, schedules and shifts they had to fill. but what I'm hearing is that some more understanding, some more compassion um, yeah, sure. would have gone a long way. Yes. So yeah, the hope is that in future jobs and future career even, that there would be, um, I'm guessing, open communication and understanding um, to create an environment where, yeah, someone doesn't just say, oh, Abby's not here and is annoyed, but it's like understanding um, that life yeah. has many other dimensions and aspects um, that might prevent you from from being at 100% every day, not humans aren't yeah. machines. We can't be at 100% every day. So right, yeah, the and mental health piece is so crucial.
2: Say yeah, say any more about I'll that. I and know. I'm and I'm not the type of person to just cancel, like to ask for someone to take my shift like 10 minutes before, you know? And usually when I need someone to cover, I try letting them know in a week in advance, but sometimes things just happen and some people have to be understanding. I've taken shifts for people before with freak accidents or just maybe they're not doing well, like it, it just happens. You have to understand, like as coworkers, we understand each other, but even as like a supervisor, as a boss, it's important for them to understand like the needs of their workers too. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. That
3: there's flexibility, not just among your colleagues, but also flexibility and understanding um, of just the multiple needs and multiple dimensions of life for each person from a supervisor. Right. Super super helpful feedback and framing. Um, So you mentioned at the beginning in your intro that um, some of your hobbies surround theater and music and I'd love, I'd love to hear more about just passions or projects or communities that provide a sense of meaning, because we know across the board, all different age groups, people are spending more time at work now than they ever have in the past. Um, and this book, Work Life, explores the ways that young people find meaning, not just in career settings, but in life as a whole. So yeah, what sort of um, places or projects, passions, bring a sense of meaning to you beyond work? And why? What's important about those groups or activities?
2: Um, So yeah, like I mentioned, I'm very passionate about singing and acting. Singing has been a hobby of mine since I was around four, I believe, it's something that I would do in school. And I took it on to join like singing and acting studios. And then uh, when I got to high school, I joined my theater group, which uh, it's been really hard with COVID not being able to have your traditional plays. I'm just really thankful that last year I got to achieve my goal of being the lead in at least one play in high school. And I'm happy that I got to do that before I wouldn't be able to do it for my senior year. Yeah, kudos. I'm glad that worked out timing-wise Thank you. you. But um. Even like this year, we have a talent show coming up, but just with my with my work schedule, like school-wise, academically, I've been taking really hard classes this semester. I'm trying to finish off strong and I can't even find time to like do the talent show. I don't have time to go to practice. I don't have time to get the sheet music. And like, you know, I didn't even have time to go to auditions, just things happen. And, you know, I try to find time for the things I love at home, whether it just be singing to myself or practicing a song but I definitely plan on doing something that involves music or theater in college. I don't want to do it as a profession, but, um, you know, join musical groups or, uh, like a theater group, something like that.
3: Yeah. That's cool that you're already thinking towards, uh, these next steps in higher ed that you want to have these outlets for creative outlets, even if you're not majoring in, uh, creative projects, or our creative discipline um, like the arts that you want to still have have the spaces to release and sing yeah. and collaborate in those ways. Um, I think is so healthy and keeps keeps you well rounded and hopefully would create some balance in whatever yeah. college or university setting you end up at because um, just like those tough courses you are in finishing out your senior year, those extra tough, heavy semesters you might have in higher ed you will be better off if you yeah, create those other communities and spaces. So good on you that you're already anticipating that um, and trying to, to make that as a real goal and objective um, in your post-secondary work as well. So when you uh, think about what sort of vocation you want or career ideas, is there someone you turn to to process these ideas as you're thinking about, I have options on different majors to pick or I could see myself in a legal setting or um, you know, some sort of politician office setting. Like as you think about your path and opportunities, who do you look to for advice? Is there a mentor or, or any uh, adult figure who comes alongside of you in these questions and ideas?
2: Yeah, for sure. I definitely speak with my mom a lot about it. Uh, my mom overall just wants me to be happy and do what I want to do. So we've just talked through like what's the best place to get my education if I want to stay in state or out of state to pursue that. Uh, there's some phenomenal law schools in Louisiana that you know are close to home. If I want to stay home, I've applied to other places uh, outside the state, which has definitely helped me, I guess, on a more like emotional level, like what I want to do and she can talk me through it. And then uh, one of my teachers and academic advisors, Mr. John Charles, he uh, was my pre-calculus teacher. He's the moderator of the National Honor Society and I'm the co-president and I've worked closely with him over the years. Uh, he's someone I definitely look to. He's a mentor at my school. And, uh, you know, he, he can talk me through things without like, <sighs> I guess he gives me more like tough love than like the emotional side I need. You know, he's very realistic and helps me process my thoughts and sometimes just answer questions I have about life and like, what do you think is the best path for me? I definitely trust his judgment. He's someone I uh, look up to very much. So besides, I think it's important to have someone who's not a family member to mm-hmm. give you their outlook, because of course, my mom's going to tell me, do what makes you happy? But then I have someone who can, who obviously wants me to be happy, but can talk me through like, like the reality of it, you know.
3: Yeah, no, so well said. And a lot of our research findings um, that came out from different projects we did in 2020 confirmed exactly what you're saying. That young people who have um, more than one trusted adult in their life, um, who is often someone who's outside of their home, like you said, or outside Mm -hmm. of their family. have lower levels of, of stress and loneliness and severe isolation. Basically, the, the more adults um, who are caring and trusted that you can add in a young person's life, the, the better off they, they are in terms of um, feeling a sense of direction, feeling a mm-hmm. sense of connection. Um, so that, that mentorship you have with that teacher is, is huge. And it's so cool that he listens to your ideas beyond the subject matter that he, right. he focuses on. Um, yeah, so you you have multiple people in your life that you're able to turn to, which isn't the case for every every young person. Um, do you see yourself even maybe checking in with him after um, high school, like someone you would still 100%, follow up with? A
2: hundred percent. Yeah, he's... I've been going to my school since eighth grade and I've been in like no place for hate club, which is he, uh, he's the moderator for, I've been in that since eighth grade, I've been in NHS since eighth grade. And I've worked closely with him because I've been on e-board. Uh, so he's somebody who not only just sees me at school, but he, he sees my strengths and my weaknesses. He's seen me at some low points at my high points. And I, I trust him. You know, I, I think, I think he's someone that I definitely want to keep in my life and will definitely keep in touch after I graduate because he's gotten to know me more than just a student. You know, he, he knows me very well, I think. And it's very important to have someone like that. Who's not just family.
3: Absolutely. And props to this educator. Thank you for for sponsoring things like the No Place for Hate Club and National Honor Society and investing in, in students in this way so that you you feel that and you know that you have someone who's in your corner and rooting for you um your success overall beyond a grade
2: and to go to um kind of like to follow back up on another question you asked earlier yeah like how it's important for like a boss or supervisor to like care about you yeah it's the same thing with teachers it's really important Mm. for students to you know, you don't have to have a relationship with every teacher you have, but it's really important to know that you can reach out to your teacher, your educator, your moderator, and that they're going to care about you, that they may email you when you miss class and say like, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Or check in on you, you know, if you're late or something. It's really important to, to, to us students that we feel like we're, we belong and that we're missed and that we matter so it could it can go for you know on a lower level, whether it be like a teacher-student relationship and also like a worker-boss relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. That speaks
3: so much to, to the need for trusted adults and mentors in all different se- seasons and stages of life. Um and that's great that you have a school where you're like, I know that people care about me. Um, but for any educators, teachers, professors listening, know that your your impact, your connection to students matters. Like you're hearing it from, from Abby here directly um, as a recipient of that sort of care. Well, um, this this sort of relates to the next question I have. I'm curious how you've experienced personal growth in your life. So, is there a community setting that helps facilitate personal growth or or is there a certain trusted adult, someone you've already referenced, um, who's helped facilitate that? Is it a space? Really, just how, how do you see personal growth um, being encouraged in your life from either a person or a community? And that personal growth could be in, in goal setting, it could be in self-discovery, or, or just overall self-improvement.
2: I feel like just going through high school, it's such a weird time being in high school, and I don't even just mean during COVID. I just mean like that that period of your life is is weird. You're getting to like find yourself, getting to know yourself, meeting new people, thinking about what you want to do in the future. And throughout that time, I've definitely changed. You know, I went from a shy little eighth grader, and and I've set goals for myself such as being uh, like student body president and participating in student council, or acting in plays, or you know, leading certain clubs at school and it's given me a lot of personal growth. I've gotten a lot of insight of like the hard work that it takes to to participate in these clubs and to lead in these clubs. And uh, I think I've just found a lot of personal growth, just this sounds this sound redundant, just growing up, like just going through life. And um, I think somebody I turned to was definitely my mom. Uh, my, my mom, is she I have a she's does more of a parenting style that's if I do something wrong, I don't get in trouble, but we learn from it and we grow from it. Mm. So I'm thankful that if I feel like I'm going through something, if I'm struggling, if I feel like I did something wrong, I can speak with her and we can work from it. And she definitely like promotes that personal growth to learn from our mistakes, to to get better from that one, you know. Yeah.
3: I love that. I love that you your school with so many opportunities you've taken advantage of and has allowed for that growth through these different seasons from eighth grade up through your senior year. But that also you feel that from your family as well, that your mom is like, okay, how do we learn from this? How do we grow from this? Like that's that sounds like that's the explicit question. It's not even just implied that, that those are direct conversations. It sounds like you have.
2: I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Oh, are those like direct conversations you and your mom have about, about growth in those ways? Yeah, we have, uh, I mean, not to sound like, like this person, but I don't really get in trouble. Like I don't really do much, (laughs) but I know that, I know that if I feel like, for example, if I feel like I'm struggling in the class, instead of feeling guilty that I failed a test, I can talk to her about it. Maybe we can get you a tutor. Maybe, you know, we can, you can go somewhere, like go to a coffee shop to maybe change up your space so you can focus on studying more, things like that. Not like, why aren't you paying attention in classes? That's, you know, like she listens to me and we figure out like the root of the problem. So we have definitely talked about that before and we've tried to solve the problems instead of, you know, tackling it all at once. Oh, that's a perfect example for growth just to be seen as like coming out of a
3: problem solving opportunity instead of uh, you're just, feeling guilty and bummed out. I mean, that principle could apply beyond a family setting. That principle could apply for sure in a workplace setting when something isn't working out uh, with colleagues or with a supervisor to say, okay, let's strategize. Do we need to switch things up with the environment? Do we need to readdress this project or the expectations um, to approach it in that collaborative spirit? Uh, that's, That's a great final note to end on. It's been a delight to talk to you and we are truly rooting for you in these final months of your senior year as you're still in the COVID challenges and realities mm-hmm. of that. And as you're looking towards different options for, for higher ed as your next step, we at Springtide truly are like, you go, Abby. And I'm excited you. To, to see um, what happens next. But thank you for giving your time today to the podcast. And uh, I know it'll be helpful for, for educators, for uh, workplace settings alike. So we're, we're grateful for you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very appreciative.
3: We just heard from Abby and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did I find it so encouraging to listen to young people, especially seniors in high school, in the middle of this strange time to be a student who are still looking forward with so much hope and potential and promise of what might be happening next in their life and different career options and paths to take. We have a tip from our executive director of Springtide, Dr. Josh Packard, that takes our research findings from work life and makes them extra applicable to your own setting so keep listening for that now
4: hey folks this is josh packard here executive director of springtide research institute here to share with you one quick little tip about work life Uh, we've been uh, researching gen z now for a while across a lot of different areas of their lives and questions they ask and one of those has been this big focus on how people find meaning at work and make meaning at work and how they decide what jobs to pursue. And one of the really consistent findings across all of those areas comes down to trust across lots of different places, their religious lives, their work lives, their volunteer lives. We asked young people to tell us where they felt a sense of belonging, where they, you know, what, what places they trusted, where they felt committed to that they would want to stay for the, for the long haul. And every time we asked that question, they returned us an answer, not about a place, but about a person and this is a really important shift that's occurred in our society that that it's that we have to make sure that we're out in front of as mentors as employers as as trusted adults and guides in the life of a young person. Young people don't trust organizations, not even the ones that they work for. They trust though people in those organizations. So it's really critical that we are seeing and positioning ourselves to be a transformational force in their lives, not just a transactional one, not somebody who can simply help guide them through a bureaucracy like a mentor might've done in a workplace, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, but somebody who can actually have the best interests of that young person in mind when it comes to their work lives. We lay out how to do some of that in um, the state of religion and young people 2020 about relational authority. But many of those same principles apply here in the workplace about how we can be those kinds of guides that will inspire commitment, um, over the long haul from a young person for our organization. The, the five elements of relational authority are absolutely critical that we employ those in the work that we're doing with them. So what are those five elements? Well, those five elements of relational authority are listening transparency integrity care and expertise and while young people tell us over and over again that they don't trust organizations they don't trust institutions they do tell us that they trust people who can do those five things well who can listen well who can be transparent who are full of integrity who demonstrate care and have some expertise that they're willing to share. So as we look to inspire trust, uh, in an inherently skeptical generation, as they move into the to the workforce, it's important that as mentors and guides, we start thinking about how to put those five elements together. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Visit
0: springtideresearch.org to hear more voices of young people and access our full study on young people's expectations and experiences of work titled Work Life, helping Gen Z flourish and find balance. Sign up for our newsletter and be the first to learn about our upcoming research. Today's show was produced by Marta Abuwaji and TJ Birnbaum with original music by high school student Christian Unthank. Special thanks to our guests today and all the young people whose perspectives and insights make our research possible. Remember to find us on social media at We Are Springtide and learn more about our brand new Writer in Residence program at springtideresearch.org. Thanks for listening.